Good evening, everyone. My name is Victor Young, and I am your daily life coach. Today's episode is entitled, How to Measure Success. Why did I pick 2020 as the year to measure success? Find out right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sarasota Metropolis FC. Sarasota Bradington's own USL League 2 soccer team. Check out this year's 2020 season at Premier Sports Complex in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. For season tickets, go online and find sarasotametropolisfc.com. Hats, t-shirts, and other miscellaneous information, including player tryout dates. If you're a footballer, check it out. Also, check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Sarasota Metropolis. Now let's get back to business. We're going to talk about how to measure success in 2020. And the reason that I specifically pointed out the year 2020 is because we have the fourth big disruptor on the planet. It's lurking. It's been unleashed. And it's time for us to talk about it. But before we get to the fourth big disruptor that dwelleth on this earth, let's talk about the first three. Disruptor number one. Let's get back in the time machine. I'll give you a refresher because I'm just a nice guy. So we've already talked about at some point, the first disruptor was the desktop computer. Everyone agrees with that around the world. Change the way we calculate, compute, put men into space, fly airplanes, run our colleges, institutions, our corporations, back-end office, accounting. And we can compute it. The personal computer changed it. The second great disruption was the Internet, which started as the ARPANET in 1958, but Al Gore helped invent it. Maybe not. Maybe he was on the appropriations committee that funded it to go civilian. Maybe that was it, Al. I'll give you that one. You can find this stuff on the internet. I didn't make this stuff up. And the third disruption in our lifetime, at least mine I can say, was mobile computing. Everyone agrees with that. I've heard it a million times. Several meetings with private equity groups and philosophers. They all agree. Same thing. Mobile computing. Smartphones. Now the fourth disruption that we're about to talk about, it's changing the way we measure our success and 2020 and moving forward is 5G. And a lot of you are thinking 5G is just a really fast signal for a cellular service, but it, it's not. As, as some of you have probably seen in these multiple, what is the difference between 5G and 4G LTE videos that exist around the world? It gives a little comparison of the difference in the speeds. Stay with me, people, because this, this means something here. Pretty significant. Is changing the way that we're going to measure our success in the future. So I've got to talk about your cell phone service here. This should be brought to you by Metro PCS, Metro by T-Mobile. All this cellular service talk we're talking about. Metro, call me. But I digress. Let's continue on. Back to the fourth disruption, which is 5G. So there's been a ton of technology that's been sitting on the shelf lately, waiting for the ability for it to perform as designed, we can say. Things like these Google Glasses and spatial computing and Tons of other devices. And these devices were put on the shelf because they weren't disruptive. Bottom line, point blank. If your average computer was functioning at 300 milliseconds, the human mind was still functioning at 200. Still superior. But 5G allows technology to function, to run at one millisecond, which is, last time I've done the math, 199 milliseconds faster than 200, which is a lot faster 
than the human brain. Now, this is a game changer for artificial intelligence. Because up until now, being connected and being able to function autonomously from a human operator wasn't quite safe. It wasn't quite possible. Think about it. If the human mind is running at 200 milliseconds, making decisions, functions, calculations, and a computer is running at 300 or even slower, and we're in a real-time environment where we're landing an airplane, making a decision at a traffic light that just happened, that millisecond, that extra 50 milliseconds, that extra 100 milliseconds is the difference between you getting your family to safety, thinking as a human, muscle memory, acting, versus waiting for a computer to tap into a mainframe on 4G LTE, communicate back, think of a resolution, and act upon it. So based upon the lack of 5G connectivity, a lot of amazing technologies have been sitting on the shelf waiting to come online. Kind of like Skynet. Skynet. Maybe even the Matrix. I don't know. Definitely Skynet, though. And so we have all these new technologies, emerging technologies, some not even emerging, some that have just been here waiting below the surface, waiting for 5G connectivity. They have been awoken. Awaken. I need an English teacher. Is it awaken or awoken? I don't know. Let's continue. But they're, they're up. They're wide awake. And now they're coming online as we continue to build out the infrastructure and the grids around the country and around the world. I don't know. I know what you're thinking. Hey, I see the little 5G button on the top of my cell phone. Nothing changed. My phone didn't speed up. Probably because you've got a 3G or 4G phone, so you're not going to see any differences. Even if you do have a 5G phone, it's not going to be an immediate boost because the infrastructure is still going in place. So unless you have John Connor's phone from the future, you won't see a lot of difference on your phone. Because this is so far beyond a cell phone. Cell phone is just one of the biggest industry, industries that uh, will capitalize on that connectivity. But it's the things we don't see that will influence how we measure ourselves in 2020 and moving forward. So let's talk about it. We have had dominion and, and control over the machines for so long that we can turn them off. We can use them when we want to use them. If we're in the mood to be efficient and productive, we use our machines. And if we don't, we just turn them off and talk to our human companions next to us. Have fun. Then all of a sudden, automation came online. And someone said, hey, Sally is talking over here to Henry all day. and They're not getting anything done. Let's automate this stuff and require them to work all day. I will give an example. Yes, I will. There was this trusty machine came out years ago called a predictive dialer. And this predictive dialer changed the call center world because you could gate up, load up campaigns and it would deploy them. And every single time you hung up your phone, you were ready for the next incoming call. You're ready for the next outbound call. Train the campaign. You got your people moving in the right direction. And it just changed that ability to be unproductive and lazy. All of a sudden, you didn't need that supervisor standing in the middle of that call center floor. Hmm. All right, you Uber drivers, you, I know a lot of Uber, Uber drivers. I know a lot of Lyft drivers. Do you prefer Lyft or Uber, by the way? Hit me up on that. I'd, I'd love to hear back. Go to the Daily Life Coach and, on Facebook or Instagram and hit me with a DM or something. I want to know. Anyway, Lyft and Uber drivers, 
up until this point, it's been a great, safe profession that's been emerging and growing. Here's a prediction, unfortunately. Autonomous driving cars will be able to exist in the very near future on a 5G network using a swarming style technology. They will be able to see each other on the road, real time, know what heading direction, street speed, braking distance required. We're going to see efficiency on the road. We're going to see I kind of a little mini technology recession, not a full-on 2008 burst of the bubble. The bubble's safe. It's all you bubbles out there, all you bubblers. Don't panic. But we're going to see a little shift. There's going to be some companies being disrupted as a result of technology that will come online, as a result of 5G going live. And even within the 5G network, we're going to see an evolution of 5G. Now, I'm bringing Lassie home. Don't worry. So we've had this dominion, this control over our technology. We've been the masters of our technology for so many years. But we're going to see remote surgery centers in the future where a physician will operate robotically from one location around the world and maybe he's running and or she's working in eight different surgical centers around the world from a local surgery room. Of course, she has her hands or controls on a robotic surgical surgical on a robotic surgical machine, a robot. Now, why, why couldn't we do this before? Connectivity. When you're using a scalpel or a laser and you're cutting through someone, you can't have a second delay. By the time you stop cutting, you've got their brain out of their head, their cart's gone, their organs are gone. My goodness, you cut them in half in a second. Jeez. Did I really need to tell you that part? I'm here for you, though. Always looking out. That's the difference in 5G and no 5G. Being able to do things autonomously or remotely. How about an AI, an artificial intelligence system that can talk to 50 or 100 or 1,000 people at one time on the telephone? And it's actually learning and growing in its real time. There's no delays. All right, I think I've made my point here. So why is the, the look of success going to change? Because the world is changing. It's going to be very difficult for us to measure ourselves in a traditional means. I have been speaking to more and more individuals every single day who are frustrated because they feel they're not getting things done like they used to. They feel like they're failing in a sense. And the sense of failure is not based upon their actions because they feel overwhelmed. They're working harder and harder and they don't see the success. They feel like they're on the hamster wheel. I've talked to some individuals that I coach and, and, and they're near depression. As a matter of fact, they've actually gone into a state where they, their brain, their, their mind has actually gone into an override state. I call it MOA. Not more, not I want some more coffee, but MOA, M-O-A, mental override activation. It's the mind's way of saving you from yourself. You get into this funk. So for all of you who are out there feeling a little funky today, first put deodorant on and if that doesn't work and you still feel like you're a little funky, just in a funk, and it's not your deodorant, 
could be a MOA situation. could be a mental override activation. Realistically, it's a serious condition. MOA. Tell you what happens is this. We work harder and harder. We work longer and longer. And we feel like we're getting less and less done. The expectations continue to rise. And things that we have executed in the past that normally pay us dividends automatically are no longer working. Our stress level rises. Our health starts to decline. And then good old MOA kicks in. Mental override activation. Shuts us down before we melt down. Blow an artery or something and end up in someone's ER. Seeing Dr. Todd. You wake up and Dr. Todd's standing over you. Hi, Dr. Todd. MOA. Mental override activation. If you're experiencing any of the symptoms I've just discussed, you may be a candidate. I don't have a drug. But here's what I do have. Once we realize we're in a MOA state and we've been activated and our switch has been activated and we're actually on limp mode like a, like a car with run-flat tires, your tire pressure has dropped below a safe level. Please limit your speed to 50 miles per hour. That's a safety activation. Lots of machines have safety overrides, and so does the human mind. We can't find that thing. We can't find that moment where we feel like it's worth it because we're working harder and getting less back in return. feel like we're sinking. So there's going to be a new measurement system, a new way of measuring your success moving forward. So I'm going to give you a few things to help you out. Before I do, just a reminder, this episode was brought to you by Sarasota Metropolis FC, Sarasota Bradington's USL League Two Pre-Professional Football Club. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Sarasota Metropolis. All right, we're back to it. So we went from a state of having full control over our technology to feeling like we're in the back seat. Literally, literally in the back seat of our car being driven by our technology. Ten years ago, if I would have said that, it would have been a crazy thing. <laughs> yes. Today, there's several manufacturers that can pull that one off. So we're technically, we're physically actually in the back seat while our car is driving us down the road. We no longer have control. Step one, getting that control back. It's time to master the machine again. And I know you're thinking, how can I master the machine when the mastery of the machine includes automation? And I know you're thinking to yourself, how can I master something that's now automated? You must become a master. You must know what this machine knows. You must do what it does. You must become more and more creative by the day. The things that paid you 10 years ago or the things that worked for you five years ago or the things that performed well for you two or three years ago that no longer work, it's time for you to cut those things loose. You've got to change your thinking. Now, does this mean that you abandon all the basics and all the foundational knowledge that you've acquired over the years? No, that's not what it means. Because there's a basis to every business or every industry that you should know. But what it does mean is this. You've got to start thinking out of the box. You've got to find out what flipped your mental override activation what puts you into MOA mode? And you've got to come back and reinvent yourself. You've got to ask questions. 
You may even have to go to a conference this year and find out the future of your industry. That is something that I do at least twice a year. I make sure I go to some type of conference within the industries that I am actually involved in. And I look for not just day-to-day best practices for operations, but I'm looking for ways that I can continue to be future fit in my industry. What should I be thinking? What should I know? How can I see big disruption in my industry coming? And how do I stay ahead of it as long as I possibly can? And while I'm staying ahead of it, how can I look beyond it so I can make sure I'm in the right place with the right message and the right technology and the right mindset? I know this sounds scary, but it's time for us to get future fit. It's time for us to find new ways to measure our success. Part of that success is going to be mastering our technology. If you work in an organization and there's a interface, software program, an application, whatever you want to call it, and you do not know it inside and out, upward and downward, left and right, you will find it very difficult to find success moving forward. Standing behind your technology and not knowing how it functions, what it does, who does it, when it programs, if you know nothing about anything, you are in danger of becoming obsolete. You will be in the Smithsonian stuffed like the great Technosaurus Rex. Little short arms and Probably the evolution process, your arms will grow shorter because you won't be able to reach your wallet because your money will be going to some technology somewhere. You won't even need long arms anymore to get in your wallet because there'll be no money in your wallet. Don't become a Technosaurus Rex. Master your technology. Master your resources. Understand the direction of your industry. You've got to find new ways to measure yourself every single day. Did I think ahead of the technology? Or did I fall behind it? Did I walk next to it? Did I master it? You've got to become highly efficient. You've got to become exceptional. In a meeting last week, I talked to my people and I said, look, if you cannot become future fit, you may not be able to play in the sport. And when I say future fit, I don't mean just physically fit. I mean, you've got to understand something and know something. If we're moving into an era, the era of the machine, And it's going to come online extremely quickly because the fourth big disruptor is here. Every day you wake up, have a short-term goal. What can I do today that will make me better, more efficient, profitable, valuable? Today. Today. In the day. Do I make 10 phone calls? Do I sell a major account? Do I give 10 test drives? Do I complete better follow-up so my clients aren't calling me back every 10 minutes and burning down my CSI and making my company look for a reason to integrate a new technology? Just so you know, companies are actually looking for technology because they're fighting individuals who will not embrace the technology they've been given as a tool. And so this innovation was given out to everyone to innovate and become more efficient. And there's a lot of people that are fighting it. Because innovation brings, frankly, accountability. And I know it sucks. You feel like you're being micromanaged when someone can pull that report to find out how long you've been on the phone, how many outbound phone calls you made, how long you've been in that test plan as an engineer diagnosing this system, how long you've been coding as a coder. I know it sucks. But innovation was not designed to be 
I don't know, maybe it was. <laughs> maybe it was designed to be a micromanager, but it doesn't matter at this point because now they've automated it. So now certain things that were just designed to help you because of the lack of utilization is now becoming something that could hurt you if you're not careful. It really can. If you're able to attach some type of system behind it that can actually complete a task that you're unwilling to complete, you could hurt yourself. So how are you going to measure success in 2020? Step one, we're going to find out what activated our, our MOA, mental override activation switch. We're going to go back and we're going to revisit it. And we're going to find ways to get our value back, feel good about ourselves. We're going to find a short-term success goal that we can execute daily. Step two, we're going to get that midterm, that mid-range goal. What can we do over the next 30 days that advances our career? our reputation, our functionality, our utilization over the machine and with the machine, and our dominance through our creativity and our industry knowledge. And then your long-term goal needs to be, what's my industry going to look like down the road? How smart do I need to be to, to honestly be considered future fit and a success in my industry? And you got to get it, and you got to get ahead of it. Because if you wait until the last minute, I've always told people, you can't, Talk your way out of a termination. And you can't shut down innovation, automation, and the rise of the machine. You can't stop it. Elon, if you can hear me, shake your head yes right now. If you agree with me, you can't stop this evolution, this innovation, the rise of the machine. It can't be stopped. Your homework is to watch Terminator tonight. If you're unfamiliar with Skynet, I'll tell you what the premise of Skynet was. Skynet was this machine that one day found out that the root of all problems in the world were human beings. And this artificial intelligence was so smart that it said, hey, if there were only machines here, there would be no pollution. There would be no crime. There would be no global warming. And so this machine got really smart and it started producing other machines and this intelligence turned on mankind. Skynet. And he created these Terminators to come back and create this devastation and take over the world. Of course, there were 20, 30 different hooks and twists and turns with these Terminators. Were they bad? Were they good? I don't know. But Skynet was Skynet nonetheless. So, short-term goal on how you can measure your success. Measure daily. Have a plan. Mid-term goal. Every single month, have a monthly goal to accomplish with daily actions to get your fitness level up, get your future fit. So you can go toe-to-toe with that Terminator. Go toe-to-toe with that machine. Number three, also knowing what your long-term goals are. Go to a conference. Join a group on futuristic studies or being future fit in your industry, knowing what it looks like. And then you got to know what's tripping your mental override activation switch. If you're being overwhelmed... Is because there's so much information, so much data coming at you at one time, so much innovation, evolution coming at you at it just fast and furiously. That was for you, Vin Diesel. Little fast and furious plug. Slow it down, rapid knowledge, and speed it up. But there's no way you can shake the funk unless you add some knowledge, efficiency increases, and you gotta quit the Technosaurus Club, their debate club. The Technosaurus Debate Club. It must be ended. You must get out of it. 
if you're one of those individuals standing around saying, ah, this system's not going to work, ah, that's not going to work, there's programmers every single day turning around resolutions and solutions and evolving that same system that doesn't work today and six weeks from now, they'll have a version that works. And another six weeks from now, they'll program it again. They'll make it better. It'll keep getting better. We cannot stop the rise of the machine, but we can become the masters if we can reassess ourselves and learn how to measure ourselves for success in 2020. It looks completely different than it did in 2019. I hope this helped you out a little bit. Hopefully this will get some of you out of your funk because I've met a lot of funky people lately. And once you get in that funk, it's hard to get out of it, especially when you surrender to it. So join a club, join a group, an online forum. Look deeper into things that you're passionate about and find ways that you can stay in that industry longer, be successful at it, evolve with it, be more efficient. Master your craft. We are going into an era that requires all of us to become masters. Thanks for coming out, plugging me in, listening on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, online, or wherever else you listen to me. There's even people bootlegging me around the world. I'm so, I'm so thrilled and flattered I'm being bootlegged that I'm free. That's impressive. Share this with a friend. If you got someone who's down on the dumps, feeling a little funky, need a few simple, quick ways to reassess themselves in 2020 to find their success. Avoid that frustration. Shut down your mental override activation, your MOA switch. In order to do so, friends, just remember, live fearlessly. Thanks for listening in to The Daily Life Coach. I'm out.